Welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Justin Box. Come on, so good. So um, that's just so good. There's seven, there's another, whatever that is, three minus 17, 14 more. Um, so yeah, I just said five, six and seven. Thanks, Nancy. Um, but that's awesome. And can I just say that Nancy um, didn't do that. But she didn't used to do that. But something was stirring within her and she overcame unbelief, fear and pride. They're the three killers. They're the three roadblocks that will stop you from living out Matthew 6.10, for, for, from living out John 14.12, from living out the, all the promises and the prophecies made over you. They're the roadblocks. And if, if we don't take time to address them individually... We go after unbelief because your life shows you what you believe. It's really confronting. It's really confronting. It's not a, it's not a negative, harsh thing in James when he's like, oh, faith that works is dead. Well, I'll show you what I believe by my works. So the trail behind your life proves to you what you really believe about God. You can say you believe this, this and this, but your life will prove it. And I, I think that's brilliant. And because we, we, we don't get sucked into condemning ourselves anymore because our sinful nature died, the last bubbles were breathed in the baptism tank and, and that, that sinful nature died. So it's no longer alive, no longer has any say. The enemy is disempowered, defeated and disarmed for Christians. He'll still yap a bit, but he's been defeated, disarmed and disempowered. Now, you can agree that he's not, and that opens up a big can of worms in your life. But if you agree that he is defeated, it's all about agreement. So you can step into agreement. What's agreement? Agreement's not, yes, Satan, lead me away. We don't do that. It's just subtle, like, oh, you messed up today. Yeah, I did. It's just an agreement. Just agree. Jesus flipped it in Matthew 18, 18, 18, 19 and said, if you guys agree about anything on earth, it's going to be done. We're two or more gathered. There I am in the midst. So there's a positive thing about agreement because we agree about the kingdom coming and there I am in the middle. But Satan also operates in the realm of agreement. The, the, the thing that he uses in agreement is lies. So he uses lies and for you to agree with those lies and the lies sound real because we go through stuff, we go through pain and hurt and discomfort and trials and it's real, it happened to you. So it's not a lie that it happened, it's just a lie that the feeling attached to it can stay in your life and be the dominating force for years to come. That's the lie because Jesus, what did he do? He disarmed, defeated and disempowered. But when we give ourselves to it, we open up a foothold Ephesians 4.27, we leave a crack in the door, it gives him room to come in. What's the door? What's the crack? What's the foothold? What's the opening? It's, it's the agreement. It's the agreeing the lie. We're agreeing with the liar. He's called the father of lies. If there, was a, if there was a picture of a liar in the dictionary, it would have the face of the enemy. He is the liar. It's like God is love. He's, he doesn't just demonstrate love or be love or feel love. He is love. Satan is a liar. So his, his purpose, um, Ephesians 6, we are, so we are not unaware of his schemes. Um, the word schemes come from the Greek word methodia, where we get the word methods. And that word means an orderly arranged system. 
So the, the, our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of dark forces of spiritual, whatever. I don't really think about him much. I know the verse. And we're to be sober and aware, but not focus on him. Massive difference. So there's not a devil under every rock. So we can actually, but we have to be aware that there's an orderly arranged system against your life and the, the way that what he uses is lies and agreement. So he wants you to partner with him. But it's not a sign up to me and partner with me. It's a subtle thing and he'll get in your head. I believe it's Revelation 12, I think, that it says that he's called the accuser of the brethren, a, accuser of the church, accuser of Christians, day and night. It's an orderly arranged system. Now, we can go super negative with that, but the good thing is he's been dis- defeated, disarmed, and disempowered. Chronicles 2 says that um, Jesus made a public spectacle of him. Jesus embarrassed him publicly. The Bible says in Galatians, uh, Colossians 2, um, he cancelled the written code, meaning there was a list against you. There was a list from the 613 uh, requirements of the law against you because you have to fulfill them. And then there's a whole list of other things that, that you know you've got to live up to and your challenges and the things that are against you, the things that you don't want to do, that list is pressing up against you as well. So you've probably got over 2,000 things pressing up against you all the time. And he'll remind you of all these things. He'll accuse you of not doing all of those things. He went to Jesus, if this, this, do this. If this, do this. And Jesus says, no, it is written. So what happens? We've got to learn the truth so that when the lie comes, we're more accustomed and aware of truth. I love this analogy. With counterfeit bills, they do not study the counterfeit bill. They study the real thing so that when a counterfeit comes up, they identify it. Yeah. So our role is to John 16 says that the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, is called the Spirit of Truth. So the enemy is the father of lies and the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, remember, he's not just force or wind or power or wine, but he's God. So good. He's God. He's God. Holy Spirit is God. So he's the spirit of truth, and then it says, and the spirit of truth will guide you into all truth. So one of the Holy Spirit, you've got to look at the Holy Spirit's job descriptions. You've got to look at healer, comforter, counselor, encourager, equipper, but you've got to look at this one. He's the one that that takes the Bible and actually causes it to manifest in your heart and your mind and for it to play it in your life. He's the spirit of truth and he grabs you by the hand and walks you into truth so you have an experience with truth that changes you forever and you become so accustomed to truth, so accustomed to heaven, so accustomed to the kingdom, so accustomed to his will that when anything contrary to those four things show up in your life, you get to go, no, that's counter to what I've believed. That's why Paul says in Romans 12, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. The pattern of this world is the lies of the enemy. It's the, it's the, it's the, the fuel of the thinking. It's lies. I've got to be a prostitute to get love is a lie. It's a pattern. It's a pattern of thinking. I've got to do this to get that is a lie. It's a, it's a bonus and a benefit that we get poured back in when we give ourselves to tithing. 
When we commit to it and say, I'm not holding back. I'm going to do it regardless. It's a blessing. It's a bonus. I don't really think of the outcome. I just know we're going to be ridiculously blessed. There's patterns of thinking that we've got to attack and address. And we do that by becoming, we don't focus on the negative. I don't like the politicians and and the spiels about what they're against. I'd rather be known for what we're for than what we're against. I'd rather not protest at a gay rally, you're going to hell. I'd rather be known for what I'm for is that regardless of your choice or the way that you feel, you are, regardless of that, it's not me to tell you which way, I'm going to love you. And if you want to chat about it, about, about Jesus, about God, about life, about his pattern of thinking, I'll have a coffee with you and chat. But I want to be known for what I'm for, not for what I'm against. And obviously, when we're known for what we're for, it's obvious often what we're against. But God is love, so I'm not going to preach fear, because that's what the enemy uses. He uses fear. And if you come in by fear, you've got to be sustained by fear. So agreement is a really big deal. Agreement's a really big deal. It's so subtle. And it, and it partners with your emotions and it partners with your physical body. So he'll jump on whatever you're going through and, and yap really loudly. And it's like, he doesn't speak to me. I'm like, yeah, it's your thoughts. That's how God speaks to you, through your thoughts. You have a thought and that's either God, the enemy or you. So I've got to work out who's speaking to us. It's a really big deal to start identifying what we're agreeing with, what lies we're believing. But we've got to have encounters with truth. I've been talking about what is the will of God. As Mitch, you could come up. That'd be great, mate. I've been talking about Matthew 6.10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And over... I'm not going to get any guests to talk about this, um, the actual verse of what it means. I'm going to do that. (laughs) Because I feel like the Lord's just laying down um, whatever you want to call it, revelation, truth, understanding, awareness of it. Um, But just in the area of his will that we throw around the will. If it's your will, we pray prayers like, if it's your will. I said before that your life shows you what you believe. So if I had everyone stand... And this isn't a, having a crack thing, but if I had everyone stand and I said, put your hand up if you need sickness in your body, anyone around them, go pray. Often, because we're on a journey, and this, this is me, and it's often me in other situations when I feel like there's bigger gurus around. You know what I mean? We get weird. He goes, I oh, know. Nancy's here. Justin's here. They'll pray. I'll just pause until someone goes to them, and then I'll come and just support. But it's, it's because we're unsure. They're, I'm not sure what he's going to do. I'm not sure if it's his will. Can we be real? That's the problem. I'm not, I'm not really convinced. I'm not, faith is full assurance. So I'm not really sure if he's going to do it. But the amazing thing about hope and faith is that we cannot put our faith in an outcome. 
Because the outcome's immaterial. The outcome's not substance. It's not matter. It's not something that we can have control over. So we, often we put our faith in an outcome. Like I put my faith in the solution, but the solution's not a person. The answer's not a person. So if we put our hope in Jesus and we put our faith in Jesus and we commit to allowing the spirit of truth to guide us into all truth and allow Jesus be Jesus in our life, then we have experiences and encounters with him because we've read the word and Holy Spirit's grabbed the word and walked us into an experience with that word and we become transformed. It's the way it works. And we've skipped things and we wonder why we're not transformed. We wonder why we can't pray. Why aren't I confident if someone puts their hand up? Why aren't I confident? It's because we're on a journey. So we need to become accustomed to His will. It is God's will that every person is healed. Will it happen? I'm not sure. Has it happened up to date? No. Is it God's will that every person on the planet becomes born again and experiences God's love? Yes. Will it happen? I'm not sure. Has it happened? No. Up until today. Acts 2 says... He says, I'll pour out my spirit uh, on all flesh. Goes down, sons and daughters, young, old. He goes, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So there's a calling upon the name of the Lord. It's his will that everyone's saved. But there still needs to be a responding and a calling and a, and a, I need my mind renewed so I can see you for who you are. And I'm sorry for the way that I've lived. Come and inhabit my life. Make me new. There's got to be that. So it's his will that every single person is born again. And it's his will that every single person will walk in healing. It's his heart. It's his will. Does it happen? No. Because guess what? We have free will. Doesn't mean it's not his will just because we make choices. It's like when Tani said, you, you don't disappoint me. It's hard to swallow. You've got to sit down for 10 minutes and work it out because he can't actually disappoint you. It's your interpretation of the situation and the, and the perceived answered prayer or not answered prayer that causes you to think that he moved or he didn't. So when you know what he's really like, that's when he goes, you can ask whatever you want. And it's going to be done. <laughs> so I want to get to that place where I become so accustomed to his ways. Like Moses said, I'm not interested unless I become intimately acquainted with your ways. That's the word yada, to know. It's the same word Adam knew Eve when they had sexual relations, yada. It's this intimacy, this vulnerability, this, I can't do this deal unless I know your character and nature. It's your character and nature that sustains me and it's, and it's his will that reveals his character and nature. So when we encounter his will, we've got, we, we encounter his character and nature, what he's like, his list of what he wants to happen. When we understand that list of what is in his heart to happen, because the word will means his heart desire. Of course, the will of God, there's some things that we don't have a say in, like creation. Because the word is this word, Thelma, and it's a flipped word. There's two meanings, and it means decision 
and desire. He's not consulting you about the second coming. He's not consulting you about which spiritual gift to give to which person. The Bible says as he wills. But we've got to understand that in that will, there's two meanings. So we've got to interpret it correctly. Paul, an apostle by the will of God. Could Paul have had a choice? Of course he could have because he's got free will. Was it God's heart desire that he become apostle? Yes. Could there have been someone else in line? Yes. He doesn't control you. Like this morning with Bella. Bella, we're putting pants on today. Make no mistake, you are wearing pants today. But you can choose out of your 25 pairs of pants, which one you choose. Because we don't have a controlling house. There is great decisions a parent should make. You're going to school. That's a non... You're going to school. But then you get to be you in school and choose subjects later in life, in year 10 and 11. You get to be unique and pick subjects and we'll support you and back you. I'm not controlling you, but you are going to school. It's like, God, I'm creating the world. I'm creating systems and patterns and ways of reaping and sowing and universal principles across the board that even if you don't believe in Jesus, it's going to happen. I'm, I, I'm creating gravity. So you jump off the chair or jump off the building, you're going to land on your feet. And it might hurt depending on how high off you jump. So that you, you weren't consulted whether gravity was a good idea. But on the same breath, this whole will word has this whole other flip side. And it's, it's a God who has feelings and emotions and heart desire, sharing it with no longer slaves but friends. And the only scripture I'm going to put up, and it's tying in beautifully, I will use some of my notes. John 15, Jen. So we're just going to, we're, we're, we're sort of lurking around this verse. Been doing it for probably six weeks. And I sort of, I was like, what are we doing today? And I don't know. Prepare all the time. We've got 12 pages here. But this is my last message for the year. And I think I'm doing the 7th of January. And we're going to pick it back up then. We're going to talk about his will. We're going to talk about what the kingdom is. What, what, what is the kingdom? We say it a lot. What is it? And we're going to talk about, oh, mate, I'm so excited. John 15, Jesus talking. This is my commandment that you love one another. Let's stand to our feet. Just as I have loved you, greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. You, Jesus saying this, you are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all things. Can we say that? All things. Not some things, not partial things. All things, for all things that I've heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Remember, we weren't consulted in that. But we got a choice whether we chose him. And appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and your fruit would remain. So whatever you ask the Father in my name, He may give to you. 
This I command you to love one another. There's something about going from a slave into a friend of God that positions you to know everything that the Father revealed to Jesus. And if we get to that point of knowing His will and understanding what's on the list, that we become so accustomed to truth, Jesus makes the outlandish statement of saying, ask whatever you want. Because if you're close to Him, you're not going to ask anything outside of His heart's desire. You're going to be so accustomed. I can answer quite a lot for Lee because I know what she's like. When we become so accustomed, so connected, so close to someone, we know what their whole belief system is about so that when the alternate comes up, we can go, nah. That's why we talk about the standard of heaven. What's the culture of heaven like? What's the kingdom like? What's his will like? If you can get those three things, if you know what they're like and they're found in the Bible, then when things come up that are contrary, you can say, I'm not agreeing with it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for, your, for everything. I thank you for the testimonies. Yeah, I've just been thinking, the church without testimonies is a book club. And that's not just us doing things for people. That's you being transformed by God. Testimonies of what God does in you and through you. So don't just think testimonies that we go and pray for someone or leave them to the Lord. That's great. But there's this whole other realm of testimonies of of personal breakthrough, family breakthrough, dreams being fulfilled, physical healing, emotional healing. Let the testimonies flow, God, because we walk with you. Amen? Let the testimonies flow because we walk with you. We want to be a church that actually sees the Bible play out and not just wonder and hope. And we do that by becoming close. We position ourselves. I'm going to talk for one more minute and we're done. We've got to position ourselves. How do I know His will? How do I know the kingdom? How do I understand the culture of heaven? How do I understand the pattern of His thinking? How do I, how, 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 how? We've got to position ourselves. And it's through His word, it's through prayer, and it's through worship. It's coming really close. It's taking time. If you're struggling and you're not spending any time with Him, that's the problem. So I thank you that this morning, earlier on, we had encounters with hope and you lifting our load. You're lifting our load so that we can see your will, so that we can understand your kingdom, so that we can know your ways so then we can have that all throughout our life. And then we've got testimonies of what you've done in me, God. And then what, who you are in me is what you'll be through me. Yeah, Jesus. As the prayer ministry team comes forward, thank you, God.
So good. And if you're a leader and you feel like praying for people, why don't you jump up the front as well? Come over just in the middle so people can see. That'd be amazing. So whatever you need. Felt like there was someone who, uh, yeah, really wanted to say, I believe in Jesus and I want to ask him into my life and I'm done with church and I'm in. (laughs) So come and see me. If there's anyone else, you feeling anything, Nolene? Anxiety. Anyone with anxiety needs some prayer? So good. Not the anxiety, but so good. Nolene's just going to release peace and everything's going to change. Somebody's concerned about their work future going forward. I've got a word for you. Um, I feel to pray for anyone who's got a sick child. Yeah, I. Um, this is funny because it's it's me actually too. I feel people with physical healing that we need a real breakthrough with healing. And Nancy, if you want to come up and hit pray with me too. Yeah. Okay. So good. Yeah. If you've got pain, you can still pray for other people. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, that's church. How good's Jesus? So good. Hey, it's going to be great next week. Mitch and Hill. It's going to be awesome. Yeah? Yeah. We're away. That's awesome too. We won't be here. We'll be, I don't know what we'll be doing, but we're going to have fun for 10 days. So yeah, pray for us. That'll be great. And our 16th, great. Carol's 23rd. It's going to be great. Mike's on the 30th. It's going to be awesome. And I'm on the 7th of January. So it's going to be good. Hey, can we just give Jesus a cheer for everything that he's done and everything that he's doing? So yeah, come forward for prayer. Cafe's open. Love you guys. Amazing.